morning, Livingstones. Did you come ready to worship today, this morning? Come on, would you stand to your feet with us as we give God praise? Let's put our hands together this morning. Come on, let's put them together.
church in the middle of the storm and louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises
This is how we fight our battles With our praise, with our worship This is how we fight our battles Give you praise This is how we fight our battles
for the love of Jesus today. Be thankful for his presence. If you're comfortable, would you just close your eyes with me as we seek his face. God, we thank you that you're in this place. God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you died upon a cross, that you bled. God, that you had a crown of thorns because you loved us. So God, we just thank you for what you're gonna do in this place. I thank you for every person here. I thank you that your presence would overtake them in this place, God, that they would experience you, that the areas that they don't feel loved in, God, that you would show them how much you love them and that you have not forsaken, you've never left them. In Jesus' name. In church, we have a new song today. It's called Too Good to Not Believe. And this song is just from a place of faith as a church declaring that nothing is too hard for God that he's too good to not believe him, that he can do anything and that there's nothing that he can't do. So today as we sing, can we join with heaven? Can we join in faith? Just declare his word, amen. Let's sing. I've lived stories that have proved your faithfulness And I've seen miracles my mind can comprehend there is beauty in what I can understand Cause Jesus it's you Jesus it's you Cause I believe the wonder working God The wonder working God All the miracles I see 
Church, go ahead and say hello to somebody new. See someone next to you. It's so good to have you today. Amen. 
Come on. Come on. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, we're doing good? Are you fired up? Come on. We need a fired up church in here this morning. I don't know about you, but I, was just, I could have just stayed there in that worship the whole time. Anybody with me? Oh, my goodness. I could have just stayed right there. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? We'll get a chance to do that soon enough. We got worship nights coming up. Is anybody excited about that? Come on. All right, if you don't know who I am, I am Pastor Justin. I am excited to be here, and I am pumped up. It's going to be so good. Thank you for joining us online. For everybody that's watching online, we're glad that you are here and with us. But I want to get into our tithes and offerings because, you know, it's a continuation of worship. Did you know that? Come on, it's a continuation of worship. You know, I know for new people coming to church, that might not be feel like worship. You're like, wait a minute, you're just asking me to give money. Like, how is that worship? And there's just something that happens when we let go of what we think we have or we think we want or what we're trying to just hold on to. And then we just say, God, here, it's all you. I trust you. It's all in your hands, whatever you want to do. Amen? Is that so good? So I wanted to read from Luke chapter 6 this morning, verse 38. says, give. Somebody say give. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together, and make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. This last sentence, you'll be excited about this if you're participating but if you're not participating, you'll know what's going on. Ready? The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Woo! Woo! Come on, somebody. You know, I wanted to take a minute. Sal, get up here, buddy. Come on. Come here, bud. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make this mic stretch as far as it can go. We'll see. We'll see how far we can get. It's about right there. There we go. And you get 90 seconds. Ready, set, Okay, I'll boom. put it into 90 seconds. Okay, make this quick. Uh, well, last time I was up here, um, I was pretty crippled. I'm looking mm. pretty good now, huh? Come on, amen. Anyhow, amen. That was one part of it, but um, the past week between my wife and I, we just wanted to, to give our testimony. Okay, last week we were just hanging out with our friends and just joking around. My wife did her vision board party. Um, my wife is old Dami, for those who don't know, so. Yep, she's down um, in preschool right with, now. With the kids. Rocking it. The kids. Come on. Okay, so. Just joking around, you know, not joking around. For her, it was serious. On her vision board, she put, I want a house on top of a hill. And I'm like, oh, no, hell, we can't afford that. <laughs> not happening. Come on. Let's be happy with what we have. And then just jokingly, we were over at our friends, and we just, I just, you know, said, hey, how about this house on the hill? Just joking around. She's like, oh, yeah, let's go look at it. And we, long and short of it is, is from last Tuesday, we had no intention of moving. Uh, Tuesday, uh, we opened escrow on our house and open escrow on the new house on top of the hill. Now, come on. But God, come on. My wife is more faithful than I am. We reversed roles this week, which was really interesting for me. Now, we talked, we didn't have our house for sale, none of this stuff. We saw a bunch of dumps for the same price and we looked at another, this place, and we said, oh, my God, it's fantastic, but we just can't afford it. Just can't do it. So we were looking at some other places, and um, our realtor, also a friend, 
Got a phone call. Hey, how'd you like the place up there? He's like, well, I'm with my clients right now. I'll give you feedback in a little bit. And we kind of looked at each other like, that was weird. And so he was getting ready to, to get back to them, and then she texted him. Because we were already discussing, yeah, the price is really high. You know, it was one of those things where you walk, you just walk in the house because you want to see what the, the nice house looks like that you really can't afford yet, but you're waiting on it. That's usually how I do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. stars now. But <laughs> we left it at that, and we were looking at another place. And then the next morning, we get a phone call, and they said, hey. And I'm like, ah, oh, someone, someone, someone bought the place or whatever else. He's like, uh, I just talked to the realtor, and uh, I... I know what the market's like. Pretty much everyone knows what the market's like and kind of where they're going soon, so. He said, yeah, they just called me up and said, um, if we were interested in buying the place because they're going to reduce it by $70,000. Yes. Which so they reduced hit the your mark that you needed, right? right yes, which, right which kind of hit where, you know, kind of the high side, but we can afford it. And uh, I said, oh, that's fantastic, but we don't even have our house for sale. He said, I already got that covered. He said, I just went to her. I laid it in front of her, honest, and said, they haven't posted their house for sale yet, but at that price, they're interested. And she said, okay, we'll wait on a contingency. In this market, come on. And we Those people that other, bought a house in the last, or my realtors that I got in here too, they're all going, what? That's where my wife changed from, well, what I, I was saying but God, and she was saying, God, but. Come on. And that's when she said, I said, how far are you going to push this? It's on your vision board. You're the faithful one. I'm driving you. <laughs> and I'm the one that always wants to, you know, save two pennies in my pocket when I see them on the street, you know. And, and I'm, you know, looking at this. Amen. And everything's just rolled out. We got a buyer yesterday in our open house. So our house sold within 48 hours. And we have a back off welfare in case something else happens. Come on. Okay, this all started maybe, I think it was Tuesday. And by Tuesday, we're in escrow, and by the end of the month, we're in our new house. Wow. Come on. That's our God. Come on. I'm going to break it. They're expensive, but. Thank you. Come on. That's our God. Come on. All the miracles I've seen, too good to not believe. Amen. If our ushers can come forward, you know, I, he was telling me that story, and I was like, yeah, you know what, come up, just take a minute and share that with me, share that with everybody, because sometimes it's just, you, it, it needs to be tangible. You know, it's one thing to read it in the Bible, yeah, I've read that, I've read Malachi 3.10, I've, you know, I've heard all these things, but is God still doing miracles? Is he still doing these things? And when you're faithful, when you trust him, when you say, hey, God, he says, I'll do more than you can ask or think, and then the, he does it. Are you with me? So I just love that. So go ahead and pass those out. Let's pray for a moment. Father God, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness. And God, I pray, Lord, that the faithfulness that, that fell on the Sakala family, that fell on Sal and Aldami, God, I pray, Lord, that that same blessing would be poured out over so many others in this church. God, that we would see your goodness too good to not believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. You can give online or through the church app. Um, a couple things we got going on this week. No youth this Tuesday. Um, we will be continuing at the, the following Tuesday. And then sisterhood, where are my ladies at? Do we have ladies in here today? Yeah, we got some ladies. We got sisterhood coming this Thursday 
They're starting the new book together. So you want to be there, get your book, and be a part of this thing. It's going to be pretty awesome. I got to tell you that. I'm a little bit jealous. I might trade my beard in for some long hair. We can make this work, you know. Uh, But no. Um, Estonia Bible Project. Church, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for giving faithfully to that. We've seen people just even coming in from online that don't even attend our church that gave towards that. So we're going to see so many Bibles in people's hands, and I'm so excited about that. It's going to be amazing. But if you'd like to give towards that, go into, the, the, into our app, into the giving section, click on the Estonian Bible Project, and every dollar that goes in there is going to go straight to making Bibles in, in their native language so that they can have the Word of God. Amen? Worship night. Yeah, we got one person excited. Worship night, Wednesday, June 8th, 6.30 p.m. It's an amazing time. We're going we're gonna to be right here. We don't, hey, for all my volunteers that set up and tear down, first of all, thank you. Thank you for all the work and effort that you put in. Next week, after we set up, we don't have to tear down for the month of June. Amen? Come on, somebody. So that's, that's pretty awesome. It's, it's great to get that time together, but... Included in get worship on Wednesday night. Let's see if it's going to work for me. There we go. So that'll be awesome. We're excited about that. All right. Who's ready for the word this morning? Yeah? You ready? Oh, my goodness. I'm ready. Let's talk to some people online. want to say hi to people because people are my favorite. I love people. Does anybody love people? Uh-oh. I pushed a button. Got to be careful pushing buttons. I got asked, what's so cool about an Android pastor by one of our teenagers? And uh, I said, first of all, it's specific to Samsung because not all Androids are treated alike. But at the same time, she's like, yeah, but I just can't get past the fact that when people text me, it has a green bubble. I was like, that's really, that's the argument we're going to have here. I can't change the green bubble for you, but I tell you what, we'll, you know, we'll make it all happen. But anyways... Uh, Phil Norman, love you, buddy. He says the camera's unstable. It's bouncing around. That means you guys are worshiping too much back there. It's awesome. Sorry, Phil, for shaking the house. It's just that good. Uh, we've got uh, Dorothy Faraganin watching. Um, I think I had some other people watching on our interactive site. Yep, Art, Art and Tiana, love you guys. Thank you for being on there. And for everybody else that's on there, because my page refreshed, and I don't get to see everyone on there now. But... Uh, Comment in there. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know how it's going. Who's got their paper Bibles today? We got some paper Bible people. Paper Bible people. We got a purple paper Bible. That's an awesome one. There you go. Blue. Tur- turquoise. Is that turquoise or teal? Teal. I like that one. That one's got some bling. Hold that up. That's got bling on it. We got a bling in Bible. That's it. Come on. We got all the good stuff. Good stuff. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 64. And we're going we're gonna to be in verse 8 there. We're going to spend most of our time in Genesis jumping around. But uh, we're going to be right there. Has, has anybody ever, is anybody into pottery? Anybody like doing pottery? Do I have some pottery people? No pottery people. They're over at the other church. That's good. Wonderful. Okay, we have some that are willing possibly to admit that they like pottery. That's good. Um, yeah. Has anybody ever done pottery on a wheel before? Have you ever done that? Did you in high school, things like that, where you try to get it on there? Isn't the hardest part like getting the piece in the middle? It's like you stick it in there, and then you're like, and then you're like, oh, man, you got to kind of like scrape it off and start over and try to get that thing centered right before you can actually start shaping it and doing things with it. And 
I was just thinking about that, and it's amazing because you got first you got to get centered, and then you got to apply pressure the right way to create pottery. Ah, oh, somebody say shaped, shaped. This morning's message is titled "Shaped," because I was thinking about the potter, and we are the clay, and sometimes it's getting us centered, and then applying pressure, so that God can shape us into what He wants us to be. Anybody with me today? Come on, let's go to Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. And it says, And yet, O Lord, you are the Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are formed by your hand. I have to ask a question. I know that's a a pretty verse. It's really nice. It's very artistic. Anybody like, we got art people like, you like art, you're artistic. And sometimes we read the Bible, and the Bible's very artistic, right? You can read through it, and there's all these beautiful things, but when you break it down and you start to think about it, how many of us are really willing to let God start shaping us and applying pressure? Is anybody with me? That pressure sometimes, you're just like, you know, being like a ball of clay is kind of fun. I mean, Play-Doh, kids, they enjoy that. Like, God, I don't know if I need, I don't know if I need you to push me on there and get me centered and work me that much and start Start applying pressure. Is anybody with me? If we're honest, is any, do we have any honest people in this church? Now I have to wonder, are they really being honest when they say they're being honest? You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But, you know, it's uh, in this world, you know, I, I want to take a minute to, uh, I didn't put this in my notes, but I want to take a minute to acknowledge what happened in Texas. Now, I know it happened just weeks before in Buffalo and these different things and then what happened in Texas and I got to be honest with you it just breaks my heart more than anything it breaks my heart more than anything because it's just this broken person that goes and does heinous things and I can't even imagine being a part of one of those families and knowing that I dropped my little guy off to school and he's not coming home so I just want to acknowledge that for a moment, and, and can we just can we pray for the people in Texas real quick? Is that okay? I know I'm taking up my time, so it's really I'm asking myself. It's it's okay, but um, let's let's do that. Father God, I just I pray over Texas right now. God, I pray I pray for that that little city, God, Uvalde, Texas, and and God, I just pray right now that there'd be a, a supernatural peace, a peace that is only you, because there is nothing peaceful about what happened. And so, God, we just, we just pray that your arms are wrapped around them. God, that people all over the world are showing their love and support. No amount of money, no amount of, of hugs is going to bring that little person back. And so, God, we just pray, Lord, that you'd fill those holes in hearts that can't be filled by anything but you. And so, God, we just thank you today and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> yeah, I just want to take a, a minute for that because... As I think about it, too, you know, and as I wrote this message, this pressure and these things that happen in life, they can do one of two things. They can either define you or shape you. See, being a victim can be a definition. I've defined myself as a victim because this is what happened to me. Your whole life, it can be decades and decades where you claim that this is who you are. That, I don't believe, is what God intended for you to be. See, circumstances in life can define us or they can shape us. 
You see, when pressure comes and things come, listen, I don't think that everything that happened to you, God wanted to happen. I don't think so. I think sometimes it's the selfishness of another person is what happened to you. Does that make sense? And I, I know I, I get asked a lot, you know, if, if God is real, then why do bad things happen to good people? That's a hard question to answer. And there really isn't an answer. A lot of times I sit there and I say, what happened to you? What happened to you? Because when we ask questions like that, it's something must have happened. Something must have hurt you. And it's realizing not that God wanted that to happen to you. He preordained it to happen to you. Listen, I, I, I don't believe that whatsoever. I believe that we live in a broken world where broken things happen. I don't think that God intended when he gave breath into those little kids' lives that one day they'd be taken by somebody else. Are you with me? So don't, I, 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 get, I don't like when people get hung up. Well, God knows the end from the beginning. Yeah, he does. He knows the end from the beginning. But that's not his intention for those things to happen. Oh, man, I think about all the time, what if, what if somebody like you or me were able to get a, he, a, a hold of that young man, 18 years old? Are you with me? Would I be able to share with him the goodness of God? Share with him what, what, what that feels like, that you're not alone, that you don't have to think and act and do these. Are you with me? Come on. There's just something that has to shift in our mindsets. But our circumstances don't have to define us. Our sin doesn't have to define us, but we can just allow God to use it to shape us. Here's point number one for my note takers. Point number one, I will let God shape me instead of the world define me. Man, I, you know, I feel like the world is stuck in this, in this rut right now of uh, this kind of me too mindset. Now, I, I'm not talking about specific things to specific stuff. I'm just using that as an example. But I feel like a lot of us kind of go, hey, I'm a victim too. I'm a victim too. And I, not the people that have been victimized, I pray that they can find wholeness. I pray that they can be whole again. Like, listen to me, I'm not, I'm not diminishing those who have been victimized. But what I am saying is like, man, I'm really hoping and praying that we can go to a place of hope. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because I, I bet if we walked around the room and we just took the rest of our service today and just asked, have you ever been a victim of something? I bet every single person in here can say yes. Maybe they'd say no out of pride and say, no, I'm not a victim. I, I believe and I stand. But we've all been victimized in some way or another. Are you with me? This is too deep, huh? I need more funny stuff. I apologize. I apologize. Is this, is this too hard? Is this, this series, flip the script? Come on. I will let God shape me instead of the world define me. You know, I was thinking about who is a good example of this in the Bible. And one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Joseph. And you know what? The, it's funny when you say characters, right? Because it sounds like you're just reading a book. But this is a real person. Went through real situations, real expectations, real hopes, real dreams, real disappointments. And the story of Joseph, if you ever want to read through it and look up uh, everything about him, Genesis 37 through 50, we'll be reading every scripture today. I'm just kidding. Nobody laughed at that. They're like, 37 through 50? That's, that's a lot of chapters, you guys. You're supposed to be like, no, we can't do that today. Last week's message went long. I don't know how long this one will go. Are you with me? No. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna jump around in his story a little bit and just look at this and look how God shapes him. 
and maybe we can see ourselves in this story in one way or another. In Genesis 37, verse 5, it says, One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Verse 6, Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and, they, and the way he talked about them. Ooh, that poor guy. I mean, all of us have been kids at one time and just said really dumb things. Are you with me? Like, my nine-year-old says some pretty dumb things. And, and we all laugh because we're like, that was inappropriate and you probably shouldn't say that. And then he just says it over and over again. Are you with me? Because he thinks like, oh, I got everyone to laugh. If I just keep saying it, maybe they'll keep laughing, right? And it's that, that childishness I can see in Joseph here as he's telling this dream. And, and probably the way he's telling the dream, he's like, oh, let, let me tell you what God showed me about how good I am. And how you all, <laughs> not sure if you know this, but you're going to bow down to me. See how he, because it said not only did they not like the dream, they hated him for it, but they didn't like how he said it. Right? There's a difference, right? God gives us a dream. Now listen, some of us have been given a dream. Some of us have vision boards. Are you with me? Some, sometimes you have a, have a dream that God's given you. He's told you one thing or another. And I can't tell you how many people are going to come against you and tell you that that's not true that you're never going to make it. Did you know that? Did you know that? It's going to be the people that are the closest to you. Did you know that? His brothers are going to be the ones that go, I hate you for your dream. Listen, God's going to give you a dream and a vision, but we have to think about the importance of why we have a dream or a vision. You see, a dream or a vision can pull you through some of the roughest times. Are you with me? When God says something to you, and you're listening to him, and you hear his voice, and you know it was him. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard this analogy before, but, uh, you know, if, if there's this one, one story where this hunting dog sees this rabbit go down the hole. And as he sees the rabbit go down the hole, he runs over to the hole, and he gets into the hole, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I, I know there's a rabbit in there. I, when he comes out, oh, I'm going to get him. And this other dog walks by and, he, and, and sees him sitting there in front of this hole. He's like, hey, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, there's a rabbit in that hole. I saw him go down in there. Oh, you did? Yeah, let's wait for him. Let's get him. If he tries to go this way, I'll get him. If he tries to go that way, you get him. Another dog walks by. Hey, what are you guys doing? There's a rabbit down that hole, and we're going to get him. I have a vision. I have a dream. I have a, I, have a, I have a vision for my life. The other dog comes in, and after a while, that rabbit's been down there for a while. People start to wonder, is there really a rabbit down there? I'm not sure. Like, that crazy guy over there said there was a rabbit down there, but... I think he's just nuts. I think maybe he, he had a little too little kibble in his life and just didn't get what he needed. Now he's just seeing everything as a rabbit. Are you with me? And one by one, you'll watch all the other dogs walk away, but standing there still will be the one who saw the rabbit go down the hole. Are you with me? Sometimes when God gives you a dream or a vision, you'll be, you'll be going after it. You're gonna be, you might even get other people excited about it here and there. And then all of a sudden they, they leave you and go, oh, no, I just don't see it. I just don't see what you see. Are you with me? And as you work through those and watch through those, you've got to still believe, hey, God told me I don't care what everybody else has to say. You can tell me something different, but he told me God was going to do this. Are you with me? We've got to hold on to that dream that God gave us. God gives dreams. He gives dreams because he wants to reveal the desires 
in your heart actually match up with his plan? You see, the word says that God puts the desires in your heart. When you start to think about the desires in your heart, sometimes the enemy likes to manipulate those desires and make them selfish. But God put that desire in your heart in the beginning. Are you with me? There's nothing wrong with having a new house. Are you with me? There's nothing wrong with having a car or a boat or going on vacation and doing those things. The only problem is, is when those things start to have you. You see, when, when you have God, God starts moving in ways that you didn't expect. And you start to walk in it. Are you with me? But he put those desires in your heart. Not everyone's going to like your dream. But we have to remember that we are God's masterpiece. Come on. He's shaping us and forming us. You know, sometimes the dreams he gives you is only to get you to move a little bit more. Are you with me? Just a little bit more, right? He's, he's like, hey, if I, if I can just entice you to move in this direction, that's not actually what I have for you, but I know it's what you'll be attracted to in this moment. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. I know that he wanted me to have an awesome marriage. Are you with me? And, but when I saw Chelsea, I wasn't thinking about an awesome marriage. Are you with me? My flesh was moving, and God was giving me the things that I, I desired in that moment, not knowing I was really getting what I was desiring in my life. Are you with me? Is anybody here today? Come on. I just want to make sure. just want to make sure. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans. Somebody say plans. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You see, when God gives you a dream and he gives you a vision, it's supposed to help you through those difficult times. Because when you're hold, when you got nothing, what are you going to do? Can you still believe? Can you still sit with the Lord and believe for what's next? Oh, but I've been believing for this miracle. I believe in for God to move in this. This isn't how I expected it to happen. Do I have some humans in this church? Anybody like me where it's like, this is a little difficult. I wasn't sure if this would work the way I thought. Come on, somebody. Joseph was given the dreams from God. Then what? Somebody say, then what? Glad you asked. His brothers, his family, those who are supposed to love and encourage him, start to plot a way to destroy him. Isn't that what we all hope for in a dream? I have this dream and this vision. It's going to be so awesome. God gave it to me. Only to get everything, everybody else planning to destroy you. Throwing him into a pit, selling him as a slave a slave to Potiphar. Then he goes to Potiphar's house. He starts working hard. He, get, he makes his way up the ranks. And then Potiphar's wife wants a little something-something on the side. And he says, no, I won't, I won't dishonor my master. So he goes to jail because she lied. Come on. Is anybody with me? In prison due to false accusations. Let's go to Genesis 39. Verse 19. It says, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. Verse 20, so he took Joseph, threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Oh, the dream's coming to pass, isn't it? There he remained. I mean, it already stunk to get put in a pit by your brothers while they talked about how they were going to kill you. And then the oldest brother would say, hey, you know what, we probably shouldn't kill him. That's probably not the best, but we can at least make some money off of him and put him into slavery. Okay, that's awesome. So here I am in slavery. I, I get put in Potiphar's house. Well, Potiphar is a, an influential person. Maybe if I work hard and I do the right thing, then maybe I'll, I'll gather up the ranks and I'll, I'll still have some influence. Are you with me? And only to get that ripped out by dishonesty of someone else. 
Come on. There he remained. There he remained. But, somebody say but. I loved when Sal was talking about God's butt. God's got a nice butt. You know what I'm saying? He does. He does. When God puts his butt in the middle of things, all of a sudden, it's like, it's like my life was going this way, but God. And he puts his butt in there. Now I'm going this way. This is how I'm living now. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him faithful love. Listen, some of us, some of us may be in that dream mode where you're like, I, God gave me this dream and I'm so excited about it. And you, some of us might be in that betrayal mode where somebody betrayed you and, and came against you, against your dream and started talking negatively about you. Maybe you're in that mode. And some of us might be in this one, in jail for something we didn't do. Are you with me? You might be in this prison for something you didn't ask for. Are you with me? And when I'm talking about prison, I'm not talking about just sitting behind bars in a physical room. I might be talking about a mental prison where somebody told you that you were something and so you've been living that for so long. You've allowed what somebody said to define you instead of allowing it to shape you. Are you with me? When somebody tells you that you're not good enough, tells you that you'll never measure up, you can allow those things to shape you. I remember when I started my first business, and I was in the Marine Corps. Do I have any Marines in here? We've got some Marines in here. I know I do. I've got quite a few Marines. I, I don't know why this place attracts Marines, but it sure does, man. We're just ready to go to battle, ready to go to war. But um, when I was in the Marine Corps, I started my first business. And you know what? All my buddies were so supportive. They were like, go get them, buddy. You can do it. No, they weren't. You know what? I, I would... I was wearing my suit and tie coming downstairs from, from my barracks room and all my buddies, you know what they were doing? They were, they were reading books and, and growing themselves spiritually downstairs. No, they were, they, were, they were throwing ping pong balls in, in, in little glasses full of Kool-Aid. Are you with me? And then they're making fun of me while I'm walking out. No, they're not going to believe in your dream. I remember this one guy, he, he, uh, he said, hey, how's that snake oil business going, right? Because they just like to tease you, like you're never going to be successful, you know, you're never going to make it. Why are you even trying? And, you know, I was, I was probably more like Joseph than I want to admit in the, you know, not being very mature. Because some of my checks that I would get for, for business, I'd make a copy of them and put them in my, my coat pocket because I'd wait for somebody to say something stupid. Are you with me? Like, get one of these other Marines, tell me that I'm not going to be successful, and then I'll pull this thing out on them. Are you with me? And I'd pull that check out and be like, see, I'm doing just fine. Now, that's not the right thing to do, but I remember this one guy who would never get off my case, and he, he kept getting on me, kept getting on me. I don't, it'd almost be one of those things like, oh, here we go. i got to walk by him in the hall. Like, he, he's going to get me again. He's going to jab me again. And I remember he said, he's like, oh, man, why do you waste your time with that stuff? Like, why don't you just, why don't you, like, have a regular career in mind like everybody else? Why do you want to start your own business? And I said, you know what? Can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, so what is this career that you're going to do when you get out of the Marine Corps? And he said, well, I'm going to become a lawyer. And I said, you know what? You're going to be a darn good one. I said, because you've never gotten off my case. You've never got off my case. And I said, you know what? Can I tell you something? I'm so grateful for you. Because if you hadn't kept getting on me, I wouldn't want to prove you wrong. And because of you getting on me over and over again, it shaped me into somebody who is relentless, who will not fail. I don't like to fail. I have to win. Are you with me? All of a sudden, something that could have defined you as a failure, just like everybody else, all of a sudden puts you in a place where you go, 
Yeah, really? Hold my Kool-Aid and watch this. Are you with me? Sorry, I got a little. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite in the, with the prison warden. You know, I think that we're all God's favorite. When he looks at you, he sees his son. He sees the one that he loves. He looks at you and he sees your potential. He knew when you came out of your mother's womb how important it was that you would be on this earth today. Are you with me? And then circumstances happen. Life happened. Somebody else's selfishness happened. Your own selfishness happened. And now all of a sudden you're being defined by all those choices and all those circumstances. Are you with me? But God. But God. Is anybody here? You still excited? Here's point number two. I will cling to God's promises in the middle of pain and persecution. I can only imagine what it was like for Joseph getting put in jail for something he didn't do. And thinking like, man, this is what people think of me. This is what my reputation is. All because of this. But all the while remembering, but God said, he's that dog looking in the hole. I know there's a dream here. I know God still moves. I know God does miracles. Otherwise, I'd be dead in that pit. Here we are. God will get me through this too. Are you with me? One thing at a time, as you trust the Lord, God will get me through this too. Come on, the next thing that tries to rear its head, the next time the enemy says, yeah, but what about this one? God will get me through this too. God will show me this next place for me too. Are you with me? I will cling to God's promises in the middle of pain and persecution. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God causes everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. That means everything. That means all of it. He doesn't leave any of it out. If the enemy wants to attack you again, he'll use that too. All of it. That addiction. All of it. The, the, the slanderous talk. All of it. He's going to use it. Are you with me? He's going to use it. I thought I had a dream to be a multimillionaire, right? That's, that's why I started my first business. I wanted to be a multi, I wanted to be sitting on the fantail of a yacht somewhere. Are you with me? That's what I wanted. But I didn't know what I really wanted was to make an impact. I really wanted to change people's lives. You know, I started messing my business up because I spent so much time loving people. Because all of a sudden I fell in love with God's people. I fell in love with them. Oh my gosh, I just wanted to see somebody just take another step forward in the vision that God gave them. Just another step forward. I wanted to see people just step out in faith just a little bit more. You can accomplish more than you think you can, right? I just loved being able to be that encourager for people. It's amazing where God has led me today. Are you with me? He had to take a dream. He had to take a little thing. As Christians, we have a hard time believing that everything will work together for our good. Everything Everything, that guy that cut me off on the freeway, everything, everything will work together for my good. Sometimes it's being willing to be that submissive vessel, willing clay. Somebody say willing clay. You got to be willing clay, willing to be put back on the wheel. And just when you think you're beautiful enough, be okay with the potter saying, I think I want to start over. And he goes, just crushes that stuff up again. 
And you're like, really? We have to start over? Everything I've built, every step of faith I've taken, Lord, this is where we're going to go? I have to start over? But he's the potter. We're the clay. Lord, build me into the next beautiful thing as fast as you possibly can. Break me down, but build me up. Lord, help me to bring you glory. If, if, the, if the lesser vessel that I used to be is not enough to bring you the glory that you intended for me to bring you, then break me down and make me something more. Make me something better. All things come together for good. Oh, that person that persecuted me, all things come together for good. I had the opportunity to sit with some pastors this week. I was blown out of my mind that I got to be in this meeting. I'm sitting here with a 30, 30 plus you know, min, uh, years in ministry, has this massive church with campuses all over the place, and I got invited to be a part of this round table of 15 pastors to sit and just talk and ask questions and go through things. I'm sitting there going, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was the youngest person in the room. I'm like, how do I get into a room like this? I'm sitting there, I don't want to say anything and sound dumb. Are you with me? But I remember as they were talking, there's this gentleman sitting next to me, and at his church right now, he has protesters outside because they accused his seven-year-old son of touching a three-year-old girl in their church. And so they, they're saying, you're covering this up. You're doing these things. And this guy's sitting here in turmoil going, what can I do? They're accusing my son. I can't say anything about it from the pulpit because it's a conflict of interest because it's my son. What can I do? I'm sitting here thinking to myself, how does God form each of us? I remember talking to him right afterwards. I said, listen, this is going to sound cliche. I know we're all pastors in here. I said, but I believe that God's going to do something big through this for you. If you'll just trust him in it. Just, just let them yell whatever they're going to yell. Say whatever they're going to say. Character will win out. You stand longer. Character will win out. Are you with me? Watch what God can do if you just stick it out and trust him. Amen? Amen? Oh, I have so many stories I could share with that, but I won't. Because we don't want to last too long, do we? Okay, okay. Got to be willing clay. Luke 22, 42. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull, like, if we're going to talk about being shaped by God, if we're going to talk about submitting ourselves as willing clay, I think we need to look at the best example that any of us can think of. Jesus. Jesus. In Luke twenty two forty two, it says, Father... If you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Not mine. Not mine. Not mine. I was telling somebody this week, this church is not mine. This church is his. Whatever vision he has for this church, it's his. It's not mine. It's not mine. Because if we stay in that place, if he wants to take this church and put it back on the wheel, I have to be okay with that. Are you with me? If he's like, nah, these things are good, but I want to rebuild this the way that I want to rebuild it. Okay, Lord, break me again. How many of us are willing to pray that prayer? Come on, men. We, we, we did that in the last book study that we did. Dangerous prayers. Break me, Lord. Break me, Lord, and build me up to what will bring you the most glory. 
Mm. Got to be willing vessels, guys. This is, this is too heavy, huh? We get, oh, my goodness. You're like, dude, are, do we get like ice cream after this or something? <laughs> next week, you get ice cream afterwards, okay? <clears throat> next week, next week. We're, actually, next week we're doing the kickoff to summer. So we don't have to tear down, so we're going to party. Does that sound good to anybody? So we're going to party. We're going to have ice cream, so that'll be fun. Um, we'll hang out after church because we don't have to tear down, and we'll just have some ice cream and enjoy each other's company. But I just love Jesus' submission to be willing clay. He says, I don't want to do this, but I want your will than I, more than I want my own. And if we can live in that place, man, the things that God can do with us. Point number three, I will submit to the shaping of God. I will submit to the shaping of God. Listen, this sermon, I don't know, if, is this for anybody? Is this touching anybody this morning? Is this helping you? Because honestly, if I'm just preaching to myself, then it's okay. Because this is, this is what God is working in me right now. These are the things he's working in me. Saying, hey, I want to shape you, and I want to take you to this next place, but you have to be willing to let me break you to get there. And I love the Lord. He's such a gentleman. He even, like, gives you permission not to be broken. Like, this state of brokenness, I'm good with, Lord. I really don't want to go further than here. And he'll let you stay there. A lot of us have stayed in that place for years and years and years. You know, I just don't want to be broken again. I don't want to be hurt again. And all of a sudden, that last bit of brokenness defined you instead of allowing God to shape you. Are you with me? Mm. That hit me so hard as I thought about that. I'm like, I don't want to be defined by these circumstances. I want to be shaped by God's goodness. Let's go to Genesis 45, still in Joseph's story. At this point, Joseph has, <clears throat> he, he's, he, he, he did the whole dream interpretation in jail, right? He said to this one guy, hey, this is what your dream means. It means you're going to die when you get out of here. Hey, what, what your dream means is that you're going to be reinstated as the cupbearer. You're going to be able to do these things. He says it to those guys. He says, hey, don't forget me when you get out that I shared with you what God was doing. And then years go by. Joseph's still sitting in jail. And uh, the Pharaoh has a dream that torments him. And the cupbearer goes, oh, yeah. There's this guy in jail that interprets dreams. He's like, I, I totally forgot about it. I've just been enjoying life again. Like, he told me this was going to happen and how I'd get out of here. And I was, I, was supposed to, I was supposed to remember him. Darn it. You know, like, are you with it? Like, it's, it's like me when I forget my keys somewhere. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just that simple. And two years later, we might find him. We'll see what happens. And then we get to, we get to where he, he, Joseph goes and shares his, his dreams or share, interprets the dreams for Pharaoh. He talks about time of plenty and a time of famine and, and then gets to this place where Pharaoh makes him his, pretty much his right-hand man, right? And here... His brothers come because they hit those seven years of famine. And this is where we stand as Joseph has his brothers in, in the, at the table with him. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, all, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. Verse 3, I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? 
but his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Verse 4, please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Oh, did you feel the Holy Spirit just fall in that moment? See, when we get to that realization that God was in all of it, everything comes together for good. All of it. I mean, his brothers are going like, oh, crud. Now you're the big boss. What are you going to do to us? Are you with me? But this is his response. This is his response. But don't be upset. He's worried about them. Don't be afraid. It's okay. I know what you did was pretty awful. But I tell you what, it was all so that I could go ahead of you and save you. You see, when, when Joseph was a boy and he had these dreams and he started sharing, hey, you're all going to bow down to me. What he didn't know is that dream that God gave him meant responsibility. You see, he gave you this dream because you were going to have to be responsible for all those who bowed down to me. Come on. Some of us get so excited about the benefits of everybody bowing down to us or, or life coming under our feet and hey, I've arrived, here I am. But what we don't realize is the responsibility that comes with it. All of a sudden we see people differently. We look at situations differently. Are you with me? It was God who sent me ahead of, ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will neither be plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. All of a sudden, the person who made you a victim Listen, God did a work in my life because of your selfishness. But I tell you what, don't hold on to that. Because all the crud you've been through, God can use it too. You don't have to be the victim anymore. Come on. There's people that are oppressors that think they're just as much victims. You know who hurts people? People who are hurting. People who are hurting hurt other people. All of a sudden, when the victim becomes the victor because they said, hey God, this sucks. I didn't like it. I, didn't, I don't even think you meant for this to happen. But Lord, if your word is true and you can use everything to work together for my good, I'm going to submit this junk to you right now. I don't know how you're going to use it for good. I'm not even sure I believe you can use it for good. But I'll submit anyways. I'm the clay that you can Use me. Touch my life. Let me be a blessing. All of a sudden, one day, you're able to forgive. You know what kills people the most? That lack of forgiveness. That blame. All of a sudden, when you're pointing fingers and this person did that to me, that I've been victimized, this is where I'm at, this is what I'm going through, it's because of them. It kills you. It kills you from the inside out. You can't even see the dream of God anymore because all you see is what was done to you. Can I tell you that you're more than that? You're more than that. 
You're more than that. Joseph is more than just the irritating little brother. Joseph was more than just just meat on the side of the road. Joseph was more than a slave. Joseph was more than a prisoner. Joseph belonged in leadership in, in the palace, calling the shots. This is who God called him to be. Just as he's called each and every one of us to do what he's called us to do. But if it doesn't look the way you want, are you surprised? Are you surprised? Because how he forms us sometimes is getting us recentered and applying pressure so that we can be molded by him into something beautiful. Then he goes, ooh, that's good. But it's not good enough. make something better. Are you with me? How many of us will just submit ourselves to God's process so that we can see the fullness of what He wants to do in and through our lives? God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. It was God who sent me here, not you. And He's the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of this entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. He doesn't even take the glory for himself. When he had the dream, he was keeping the glory. That little bit of glory of just having a dream. But when you start to actually see God's dream come to life by submitting yourself back into the potter's hands again and again and again, and you're kind of going, I'm kind of tired of this. Like, are we ever going to actually build what you said we're going to build? Or are we just going to keep breaking me down over and over again? But when you get to that place where you have the power, you have the things that he called you to have, you have the blessings that he called you to have, now you're in a place where those things don't have you. Those things are just things. It means nothing. Come on, somebody. Until we submit to the capable hands of the potter, we will only know a world where we are defined by the pain and persecution we experience. Then, and only then, will we no longer be defined by circumstance, but shaped by God. This is my prayer, church. If nobody comes back next week, I'm going to tell you I'm okay. Because if God wants to break it all down to build something new, I'm okay. Are you with me? If he has to destroy Living Stones Church to be able to build it, I'm okay. If, if God has to destroy my life in order to build me up into what gives him glory and brings him glory, I'm okay. I hope and I pray that you can even hear me. Because sometimes these types of messages, maybe this is more of a message for just our staff. This can be a heavy message. But I pray that I'm looking at my staff. I'm looking at what's next for this church. I'm looking at what God's going to do next. When, when the staff is, I don't know, 40, 50 people, whatever it is today, right? I know a lot of people are on vacation getting ready for summertime. It's going to be fun. But I tell you what, for the few that are here today, I'm excited about what God's going to do next as we submit ourselves to the potter again. 
Now, when you come back to me next week and go, hey, I, I made that commitment, and he crushed me. I thought this was going to be good. I told you the whole time that's part of the process. It's okay. It's okay to get crushed. You're not going to break. He's just making you something stronger, something better, something that holds more. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oh, is anybody excited today? Oh, man. I feel like i got to tell more stories about dogs and rabbits. You guys are more excited about that. Bunny rabbits. Bunny rabbits make it better. Not bad. 11 seconds left. 9, 8, 7. Not bad. No? You're just kidding? Oh, it's that one? I got 17 minutes left? Oh, Lord. Well, make it 35. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is a special moment because I, I feel like some people are really relating to this. Some of you, are, this is going over your head, and that's okay. That's okay. Someday you'll understand. But for some of us, this is very real. And this has been like, dude, how many times do I have to be broken? I can't tell you how many conversations my wife and I have had. How many times do I have to be broken? How many relationships do I have to lose? How many times do I have to lose friends? How many times are people going to slander us? How many times? But coming to this new place of sitting with the Lord going, hey, you know what? Whatever you say, it's your church. I'm your vessel. You want me to stand at the door and greet? You want me to put up chairs? You want me to sit and be out in kids' church? Amen, let's do this. Whatever you say, God, are you with me? And it's that submission that he'll use to go to the next place. I just believe in that for so many people here today. All those that are watching online, because I know you're on vacation, drinking Kool-Aid. God's got purpose for you that's so much bigger. It's so much bigger than just being the victim of some other thing. Can you pray with me this morning? Church, just, just hold your hands out, something like this. And what I want you to imagine for a moment is that thing that has made you a victim is sitting in your hands right now. That thing that says that you're less than, that thing that says that, that you don't even deserve love, that thing that says you're unworthy. I want you to hold that thing out in front of you right now and say, God, reshape me. Reshape me. Reshape me, Lord. Make me into who you called me to be instead of who I think I should be or who the world thinks I should be or who my pastor thinks I should be. Reshape me, Lord. Make me who you want me to be. I'm submitted to you completely. Break it down, God. I can, I can hear the bravery in some voices this morning going like, I'm really scared to do this, but I really do want the fullness of what God has for me. So I will submit myself back to the potter. And I know I'm going to be broken. I know he has to break things off of me before I can go to that next place. But I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. I'm willing. Pick me, God, pick me. Almost see us like a bunch of kids sitting on the soccer field. Pick me, pick me, pick me. 
I want to be on that team. Come on, pick me. I feel like God's going, oh yeah, I picked you. I've picked you since the day you were born. I chose you even when that person took advantage of you. I chose you even when you gave in to that addiction again. I chose you. I gave you breath this morning even after what you did last night. I chose you. There's a reshaping happening right now, a breaking down happening right now. You know, Joseph had a a coat of many colors that his father gave him. He was his favorite son. And I feel like God's just putting that coat around each of us right now. Saying, you're my favorite son. You're my favorite daughter. You're the one in whom I'm well pleased and whom I love. And I can almost hear your spirit going, but, but, but God, I did this and this is where I am. And this is what I've held on to for so long. And this is why I'm bitter. And he says, I don't care about that. I care about you. I'll use all those things and I'll get glory from all those things because you're important to me and I love you. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to introduce you to my best friend. This is a best friend that never leaves me. He's always there for me. He always speaks to me when I ask. If I seek him, I find him. He encourages me through his word. He reminds me that the dream he gave me in the beginning is not null and void because of all the stupid things that happen in between. This is my God. This is my Savior. This is Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've been living your life without him, maybe you put him in the back seat in your car and you've been, he's just a part of your world but not your world. I want to invite you to make him your whole world. Saying, God, I'm going to submit all of it, all of my dreams. I'm going to submit that multi-million dollar business. I'm going to submit that six-figure income. I'm going to submit everything that seems like security in this world, but is a lie compared to what you have for me. God, it's all you. It's all you from today forward. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's somebody in here, I want you to raise your hand for me saying, hey, that, that hit me. That's me. That's my heart. Is that somebody here today? Come on, brother. Is that somebody else? Oh, I feel it. I feel that. Let the Lord move. Exciting things are happening. When you submit yourself to the potter, he can make you something that you couldn't even imagine you could be. Is that somebody else? I don't want you to miss out. Come on. I see you, bro. Come on. I see all three of you. God's doing a work. He's doing a work. He's the potter. We're the clay. Come on. I completely, I resubmit. Whether you're giving your life for the first time or you're going, hey, I'm not sure if I ever actually did. If you're here this morning, you're like, this is me. This is where I want to be. I want to see the fullness of God in my life, and I'm sick and tired of living anything less. Put your hand in the air right now. That's me. Come on. We're going to a new place right now. I can feel that for a whole bunch of people. Here we go, Lord. These are your servants. This is your family. This is your church. Lord, we want more of you and less of us. God, take out the miry clay 
I want to be pure. I want to see your fullness. God, I want to see a city on fire for you. God, I want to see people who are broken be mended and made strong again. Oh, Lord, I give it all to you. All of it. It's all for you and in your glory. For those of you that raise your hand, I know you've already been praying in your heart, so the rest of this is just semantics, but as you pray, you can pray to God as a friend. You don't, you don't have to say some intricate prayer and use King James Version language to get across to Him. Just talk to Him. He loves you. Talk to Him. Just say, God, I can't do this by myself, and I need you. Listen, in my past, I've, I've cussed at God while I was talking to Him. Saying, what the heck, God? What's going on? And you know what? He still answered me. He didn't say, hey, because you said that word, I'm not going to bless you. No, listen. You come as you are, and he starts to build you from the inside out. If you could build yourself and fix yourself, you already would have. We all want to be better, don't we? Oh, but we're still jacked up, and we're not worthy for God to touch us. i got to tell you right now, he's going to touch you right where you're at. If you just submit those cuss words to him. Submit that slanderous action. Submit those things to him. Submit that fear. Submit it all to him. And say, God, I can't. I've tried to clean up my act. I've tried to fix myself. I can't do it. But Lord, I know you can. So God, I give my life completely to you today. And I ask that you change me from the inside out. And tomorrow, when I pick my junk back up, because I'm a human being and I don't know what else to do with it, I'll submit it to you again. I'll submit it to you again and again and again until there is no junk left to submit. And I'm standing at the pearly gates hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I thank you, God, for the breakthrough that happened in this room today. I thank you that you're touching your children. And I thank you for seeing that breakthrough through. You're the author and finisher of our faith. And I can't wait to see what the next chapter holds and what you're going to do next in our lives. Shape us, Lord. Somebody say, shape me. Shape me, Lord. Shape me into who you want me to be. I'm too scared to stand on the stage and be a public speaker. I'm too scared to start a church. I'm too scared to take that leap of faith and start a new business. I'm too scared to love someone who treated me so badly. I'm too scared to forgive. Shape me, Lord. I've already determined I can't do this on my own. Shape me, Lord. Shape me, Lord. (laughs) Shape me, Lord. still doing really good on time so um, I'm going to ask that nobody leaves in this next moment okay this is, this, is a, this is a moment for you I know usually if I have the worship start again I'm going to see at least 10% of the people walk out the door because I guess it's done it's not done okay it's not done stick with me for another few minutes okay can we do that but I want you to stand to your feet stand to your feet together right now we're going to go back into worship for a moment. But I want you to let the lyrics be a cry from your heart to Jesus. And 
If you're not a good singer, you can mouth the words, you can whisper it in a way that nobody around you can hear you, that's fine. But I want you to know, whatever joyful noise comes out of your mouth, He's pleased by it. And when you submit yourself, this is part of it. I know there's a lot of people that are like, I like the message, but I don't like the worship. I like the worship, but I don't like the message, right? I really don't care about any of that right now. Right now, what I care about is your heart getting to a place with Him where you're going, this is my prayer, Lord. This is, this is my worship to you. Amen? So as we get into this next section of worship, we can turn the lights off for a minute, and, and we're just, we're just going to let these lyrics just wash over us, okay? Come on. You tell me he can't do, who she can't do, she can't. We see broken bodies here. But you tell me he can't do, but you tell me he can't do. I see real life resurrection. people come into this church on the brink of divorce they're going to find family they're going to find people that love them they're going to find out that nobody has a perfect marriage and that they can make it over the next couple decades we're going to have dozens and dozens of people come in with an addiction who are going to be able to be set free by the hand of Jesus 
and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are going to come in thinking the Bible is just a a Santa Claus story and something else. And then they're going to find out there's a living God who cares about them, loves them, and His power works in them and through them. Because He's a wonder-working God. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. While the team was just practicing today, I was running up and down this little corridor trying to get everything ready for kids' church. And I'm singing and I'm shouting, too good to not believe. He's too good to not believe. I've seen miracles. He's going to do more miracles. He's too good for me not to believe. I'm wondering how many of us this week are going to be going through some stuff. And you're trucking along and you're just going to have to yell louder than all the other voices. He's too good to not believe. He's too good to not believe. I've seen him do miracles and he's going to do it again. He's too good to not believe. He's too good to not believe. Oh, but you're, you're going to lose your job. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I lost my job. He's too good to not believe. If God said it's okay, I'm going to be okay. He's too good to not believe. That diagnosis doesn't define me. He's too good to not believe. He's too good to not believe. God, I just pray over this church, God, that you would use us to our full potential, that we would continue to submit ourselves to your will, your will, not our will be done. As much as we don't want to be broken again, as much as we don't want to be torn down again, as much as we want this cup to leave us, and let your will be done and not mine. God, I thank you. I thank you for the coming seasons. I thank you for the hundreds of lives being changed. I thank you for these people standing here in this room today who will believe with me that you're going to do a great work here in our city. Right here, God, because you're the wonder-working God. Too good to not believe. Come on. Somebody lift up a shout in this place. Come on. Come on. It's too good to not believe. Come on. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. After everything you see. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. After everything you see. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Right now in the spirit. 
where there seemed to be no hope, hope just walked in. <laughs> Those huge circumstances look so small to God. So small. So small. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Come on. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Oh, I want somebody else to tell me one more time. You can't build a church in French Valley. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I want somebody else to say that marriage is never going to work. Don't you tell me he can't do it. <laughs> it's too good to not believe. Don't you tell 